Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. I just want to welcome our podcast listeners. We love you. You're part of our church family. A special welcome to the Martins who are listening every week over in the States right now. Before they went away, Deb found me. She said, I'm gonna, just every week I'm listening. So when you say welcome, I'm going to be saying yes. I feel welcome. So we welcome you in particular. Let me start with this, a story for you. You guys can sit down. Thank you so much. Look at that drum cave over there. You know what, if they turn it into a, put a heater in there, it could be a drum sauna. <laughs> could be losing a bunch of weight while we drum. All right, here we go. At St. Peter's Catholic Church in Toronto, they have weekly husbands' marriage seminars. At the session last week, the priest asked Giuseppe, who said he was approaching his 50th wedding anniversary, to take a few minutes and share some insight into how he had managed to stay married to the same woman all these years. Giuseppe replied to the assembled husbands, well, I've tried to treat her nice, spend money on her, But best of all, I took her to Italy for her 25th anniversary. The priest responded, Giuseppe, you're an amazing inspiration to all the husbands here. Please tell us what you are planning to do for your 50th wedding anniversary. And Giuseppe proudly responded, I'm going to go pick her up. (laughs) Today we launch a relationship series called Yours, Mine and Ours. (laughs) yours, mine, and ours. It's going to be an eight-week series. We're going to cover a bunch of topics. Some topics have never been covered in our church that I know of. We're going to bring them up on the screen, some of them. If we could, that would be fantastic. Dating and marriage, kingdom friendships, conflict resolution, honouring authority, Back to the Bible, talking about sexuality. We're also going to be speaking about things like relationship, your relationship with money. All these different things affect our life, and we have got uh, a guest speaker through that as well. Different people sharing on different topics. But the way that I see these topics is this, is that some of these topics can be quite taboo in church life, but if they affect everybody, then they probably should be spoken about. And I think things like sexuality as a church, speaking about that, I don't know if I can remember ever speaking about that or hearing that in our church, and that's fine, but I feel like it's a subject that relates to everybody. So let's go back to the Word of God and let's work out what God's heart is. And if you're single here, we're going to be talking to you. But at the same time, we're also going to be speaking to those who are married, speaking to those who want to strengthen their marriages. We're also going to be speaking about falling in love with yourself. How's your relationship going with yourself? (laughs) I'm finding more and more these days that we often can have toxic relationships with ourselves and it affects so much of who we are. And so my encouragement to you over these next eight weeks is actually, and we're going to have some creative things through that. We're already working on a bunch of different things. Every week we're going to have some type of creative application And it's actually going to be a really great opportunity to bring people to church, people who these things relate to, because we're going to be speaking about biblical truths, but also practical applications of how to be successful in these areas of life. So prayerfully consider if you have a neighbor, a son, a daughter, husband, wife, grandma, grandpa, whoever it might be, who can come along and be a part of these things. The thing is about relationships is relationships affect us all. Everybody here is affected by relationships. Whether it's a relationship with your husband or wife, a relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend, a relationship with your teacher at at school, that sounds a bit weird, relationship with authority, a relationship with uh, your parents, parents with their children, relationship with God, relationship with each other. I thought, why do I spoke such a phenomenal message then around the offering? 
honestly, it was incredible. Thank you for sharing your heart. But he spoke about standing together in relationship, basically, and how it's a kingdom thing. So relationships are really important, and God's heart is that we actually are very uh, empowered to be healthy in our relationships. Um, There's a reason why Dr. Phil is so popular. There's a reason why all these shows on TV about relationships, so let's be real, most of them are rubbish, they're not even relationships, are so big. It's because people relate to them. But relationships in its most basic form are like these plants here. These plants look healthy, they look good, but if you don't take time to water these plants, if you don't take time to put effort in and time in, then what's going to happen is these plants aren't going to grow. Look at that. And what happens is, in life, often when we start something fresh, we put the time in. We meet that new friend, we put the time in. We, we meet that, 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 new, that special person, we put the time in. The dating phase is amazing, and it's like, oh, wow, it's all fresh and new. Fast forward five years, 10 years, 20 years, and you look over, and what was a flourishing plant has now become a bit of a dying plant. I know about dying plants. Our lounge room palm tree has just died. It started so nicely, and my wife forgot to water it. Okay, sorry, she watered it too much. I'm not really watering the plant right now, but basically, we now have just a stem at home. It was once a feature, and now it is just a stick because we didn't look after it healthily. With relationships, a healthy relationship is actually a result of putting the right healthy boundaries around that relationship. I am speaking to a bunch of different people in the room through this series. Some are single still and your walk with God is your relationship. Some have been married for a few years. Some have been married for 40 plus years. But I believe the Holy Spirit can meet you in your place of journey. So let's just open our hearts and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Father, I thank you so much that your heart towards relationships is that we have healthy relationships. I thank you, Father, that you have modeled healthy relationship with your son, Jesus, and that we can look to that this morning as our inspiration and as our example. And this morning, I pray that as we go through this series, that people will be set free, be encouraged, that people would find breakthrough in areas that need breakthrough in their life. We ask for your help, Holy Spirit, for it's you who illuminates in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So healthy relationships are like plants. The more attention they get, the healthier they are. And we have to always remember with relationships that the more that we sow into relationships, the more that we're going to reap. But the thing is about sowing and reaping is that you have to be intentional about what you sow in order to reap certain fruit. Any gardeners in the house? Any wannabe gardeners in the house? My hands are up. The thing is, is that you have to sow the right seed for the right result. You have to be intentional about sowing the right seed. Because as you would know, if you have a garden at home or a, a fruit garden, there's not much more annoying than having weeds grow in the garden. Having grass grow in the garden bed. The thing is, though, is that weeds also come from seed. So seed by itself doesn't mean good, but intentional seed means good. So today I want to put it to you that you are actually in your life sowing seed all the time. Fruit will tell whether it's healthy seed or bad seed. You know, every time you speak, seed is coming out of your mouth. Every word you speak, you are either sowing a seed or you are watering someone else's seed. That is a huge key right there. Every time I speak, and Charlotte and I have decided this in our marriage, and it's our goal, is that every time someone encounters us, they walk away better. 
we want to be the best at something and we want to be the best we can be at making people better in God. So every time you encounter me, and by the way, I'm not perfect at this. (laughs) We drop the ball. But we always come back to who are we called to be? Let's make people better in God. So we can meet you in in the courtyard afterwards. And our heart is not to be condescending and speak down to you, but rather to lift you up by encouraging you in God. Now, that's a basic thought, but it's a great example of the seed and the watering can that we are actually using to sow into people's lives. Now, on the flip side, it's so easy to sow negative seed. It's so easy to sow seed, which is actually discouragement, seed that is actually a backhanded compliment, yeah, seed that actually can create doubt and death in people. Some of us, even today, 20, 30, 40 years later, are still trying to um, uproot bad seeds from our childhood. Seed that we allowed as a kid, someone did something or said something, and it actually changed the way we grew. And today, our fears and our, our struggles come back to something that happened when we were younger. You see, this is the power of seed and watering seed. Today, I want you to ask yourself the question... With your mouth, what seed are you sowing? With your mouth, what are you watering? Are you speaking faith? Are you speaking encouragement? Or are you speaking fear? By the way, fear isn't normally packaged as fear. It's packaged in, let's just be real. (laughs) It's packaged in, let's let's just have an honest conversation about why things can't go forward. Let's just look at things and and, and we have all this human reasoning and God says, I don't work in human reasoning, I work in faith. So I encourage you this morning, whether you're single or married, that you would be somebody who actually goes, my life's ambition is to water and sow healthy seed. Imagine a church community that was great at being intentional about sowing healthy seed. It would change the game for us. And again, you're going to have days where you don't sow good seed. That's where saying sorry, that's where acknowledging mistakes, that's where forgiveness comes in. But if you can shoot for that, then there's a higher chance you're going to hit that in Jesus' name. So this morning, how are our relationships? This is a very vulnerable subject in a lot of ways because relationships, by definition, are vulnerable. A true relationship is found with an element of vulnerability. Yeah? So when you're married, you actually open yourself up to somebody else and they can either bless that or they can hurt you through that. But the key is to stay vulnerable because vulnerability actually gives strength to the relationship. Oh, that's some good stuff. That's better than some Dr. Phil. No offense, Dr. Phil, but you see, what happens is that we get hurt by relationship and then we close up. We become walking clams in the ocean. I don't know how clams walk, they put this wiggle. But somebody hurt us and now I'm closed. And by the way, that isn't just in a relationship in marriage. That's as a single person. I was dating and someone hurt me. My friend hurt me. I, God disappointed me because I thought I'll be married by now, whatever it might be. And we closed ourselves up. And then you have this relationship and this marriage and people can be married for 40 years, but the reality is, is it healthy? <laughs> is it a healthy situation? Is your marriage making you better? Are you looking forward, husbands, to going home and seeing your wife? Wives, are you looking forward to your husband coming home after work? Are you thinking, stay a bit longer, honey, work overtime? You take your time out there. Because we've learned to close our hearts because of disappointments over the years. Our words carry power. So this subject and this topic in these next eight weeks, I encourage you, take the eight-week challenge, be here every week. Even if there's subjects you think that doesn't apply to me, maybe you can learn something to apply for somebody else. Because we are going to be on a journey these next eight weeks. But I want to encourage you that maybe you have been hurt. 
Maybe right now this is vulnerable for you. I want to let you know the Holy Spirit has this amazing ability to heal our hearts. He carries healing balm in his hands. And if we open our hearts to him afresh, open our wounds, he says, I can now make you whole. In Jesus' name. So here's some thoughts this morning to set a foundation. And this week's a foundational week. Next week we're speaking about um, marriage or dating and marriage. Oh, sorry, sorry, we changed that just recently. Next week we're talking about having a healthy relationship with yourself. Please don't underestimate that one. That will change your life. (laughs) How much do you love yourself today? I was in a situation once and we went around and people had to name different things. And it's funny, different things that they loved about themselves. And it's funny how people struggle to write down things that they actually love about themselves. We know our failures. We know our insecurities. We know what we suck at or what we think we suck at. (laughs) But we actually have to realize in Christ we are new creations, totally beautiful, totally accepted, totally valued. You have things that you think are quirky which actually make you beautiful in God's kingdom. I can't preach next week's message, but just to encourage you as a taste test, maybe the thing you thought made you weird makes you awesome. There's a reason why the rainbow has all different colors, different expressions. We aren't in a black and white world. The model of our relationship is shown in the example of Jesus with his Father and Jesus with us. This is our ultimate model. We have to look to him. We can't look to the TV. We can't look to Married at First Sight. We can't look, thank you Jesus for that. We can't look to each other. We can look for some good attributes. But ultimately our greatest example comes from the Word of God. Can I hear an amen? The model for our relationships is shown in the example of Jesus. How did he interact with his father and how did he interact with us? In John chapter 13, if you have your Bibles, John 13 verse 34 says this. And I encourage you as a church, and again I keep saying this, especially if you've been in church for many years, learn to write notes. If you write, I don't care if it's one sentence from a message, that God speaks to you, it has been scientifically proven that if you write it down, you'll remember it more. Now, if you're anything like me, I can be sometimes like a goldfish in a, you know, fish tank. By the time I hit one wall, I've forgotten what's happened. So we have to actually do the best we can. My wife's nodding her head. Yes, that can be true. Okay, John 13, 34 says this. It says, a new commandment I give you, this is Jesus speaking, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. We see this model of relationship here. This is how we do relationship, church. We love as Jesus loved us. Love one another just as I have loved you. This is our bar, this is our standard husbands with your wives. This is your standard wives with your husbands, singles. And by the way, if you're single here at the right time, it will happen. God done it for me. A miracle happened. He can do it for you. (laughs) But in the meantime, date Jesus. And it sounds weird, but actually date him. Go on dates. Go for walks. Go to the coffee shop. Sit there and with the Holy Spirit. Speak to him. We'll talk about that another time. So we have to look to... Jesus, and therefore, if you don't read your Bible regularly, then good luck trying to have a healthy relationship. (laughs) We need all the help we can get. Why? Because, let's be really honest, we're surrounded by dysfunctional relationships. How many people do you know that you can think of or count on your hand who you think about their relationship and you think, that is really functional? Like, that is someone I want to aspire to in relationship. It actually can be quite tough. Now, we're talking to Christians right now, but speak about people who don't have Christ, it can be even tougher. You see, our example is the Word of God. We're going to speak about that more in a second. 
when looking at relationships, we must always ask, how did Jesus handle the relationship? Can I hear an amen? As you can tell, I'm a little bit more laid back today. It's on purpose. But listen to the truth of it. When looking at relationships, we must always ask, how did Jesus handle it? How did he handle that person who was being very annoying to him? How did he handle the person who stopped him going to where he was going and became an inconvenience? How did he handle the person who betrayed him? How did he handle his enemies? How did he handle the religious? How did he handle those in need? How did he handle those caught in sin? How did he handle these things? Because if you can come back to him, then you actually have a better chance of having healthy relationships. So the first pot plan today is this. Our example comes from the model of Jesus. The more we look to his model, the more we can water our relationships according to his example. Can I hear an amen? I'm excited for this series. It's funny because already preparing for it, I just, I've gotten so much revelation just bubbling up in my spirit. And that's a sign for me that God is on it that it's going to help a lot of people. It's when we look, sorry, it's when we know God and his love that we can truly know and love each other. Yeah? Let's look at this scripture. Well, let's look at, I'll read this to you. John 15, uh, John 3, 16 uh, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And John 15, 12 says this, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, what are these scriptures showing us? Let's model his love for us. For God so loved that he gave. Okay, we're going to talk about giving through this series. How do you give love? How do you give in relationship? How do you give to yourself? All these things are healthy. For God gave his son because he loved he says to love one another as he has loved us, John 15. It says in John 15, 13, greater love has no man than this, that someone will lay down his life for his friends. What did Jesus do, church? He laid down his life for his friends. We see this modeling. We see this first plant here. We're modeling what Jesus has said. He laid down his life. What's his model? He laid down his life. Therefore, I laid down my life in relationship. Above all, in 1 Peter verse 4, verse 8, it says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sin. Now, if you're here today, understand something, and you would know this by, just by example and by living life, that when you get married, you have to learn to live this scripture. <laughs> because at some point, as perfect as I can try and be, I'm going to let down my wife. I'm going to sin in our marriage, and she has a choice. Does she hold it against me, or does she cover me? Now, again, we're looking at the model of Jesus. Here's our example. Here's our model. What did Jesus do for our sins, church? He covered our sin. He covered us. While we were still sinner, sinners, Christ died for us. And so when it comes to us and each other, how good are we at covering each other? Can I hear an amen? The second plant I want to speak about this morning is this. Our relationships with each other are a reflection of our relationship with God. Our relationships with each other are actually a reflection of our relationship with God. 1 John chapter 4, if you have your Bible, turn to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Such a powerful scripture. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. It's when we know God's love that we can love one another. 
Singles, why is it important that when you look for a partner that they love God more than you? Because they can't love you effectively unless they know his love. This is why it's so important that we come back to our walk with God. Our relationship with God is shown in our relationship with others. Do you know that you are today a walking, talking reflection of your vertical relationship with him? How you love yourself is a reflection of how his love has touched your heart. How you love your friend is a reflection of how God has loved you. How you love your enemy is a reflection of the love and revelation of God in your heart. How you love your spouse is a pure reflection of how you're going with God. Why is this? This is why. Our relationships with others are often reflections of our relationship with God. When we learn the heart of God and his character, it changes us to be more like him. When we are more like him, our relationships become a reflection of this. Knowing his love helps us love others more. Knowing his forgiveness helps us forgive others. Knowing his kindness helps us be kind with others. The more that I know the heart of my father, the more I can reflect that to those around me. It is so hard for me to forgive someone who's hurt me if I do it on my own strength, but if I realize that his forgiveness for me when I hurt him is a revelation, then it makes it easier for me to forgive someone else. When God's kindness fills my heart, I can then be kind to someone else. (laughs) When I understand that God loves me, even in my imperfect state, that it makes me love someone else in their imperfect state. Why is it sometimes, Christians, that we can be people who are so judgmental with those who don't yet know God? It's because we forget that God loved us when we were still sinners. So while they are still sinners, love them. Oh, we're not going to be a self-righteous church. We're not going to be a church that looks down upon people. When, when God brings in people into this church who are far from him, who are on drugs, who are prostitutes, who are people who are just completely messy, we aren't going to sit there and go, you should wear better clothes in church. How dare you wear a skirt so short? What? Don't let self-righteousness rip off the reality of the moment, which is I will love them as God has loved me that while I was still a sinner, that God made a way for me. That while I stuffed up, God still had kindness for me. That it was his kindness that led me to repentance, even though I didn't deserve any kindness. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Because I'm sharing the word of God right now. That's his scripture. We have to be a church that is inclusive, a church that has arms wide open, a church that has such a grace Filled atmosphere. Okay, I'm going to show you just a a principle right now. And this is a game changer for our church. Literally, game changer. Ready? You're going to hear me say this a lot to the point where you're like, you're going to start quoting it around the place. We have to become good at hearing the heart behind the words. And not be caught up on just the words. We have to become masters when somebody speaks and hearing the spirit behind what is said and not caught up in every single finicky little detail of the word that was said because what happens if the word they use is the wrong word but the spirit they carry is right? This is a grace-filled atmosphere. Let's use examples, okay? Um, when, you, um, when I see Joel with, his, with Ellie, now Ellie is still learning how to talk. Who knows that if Ellie is there trying to say something in her frustration, he's not going to say, Ellie, speak the right words. Ellie, that's wrong. I'm walking away from you. No, no, he's a dad. So he goes, Ellie, what are you trying to say? He gives her grace as she is learning how to articulate what she's trying to say. And as Christians, we have to have a spirit of grace when people share things and we go, you know what? They might actually be using the context out of Scripture. That might not be good in my connect group, but the spirit and the heart is right. 
And you see it with, uh, you know, recently Joel was talking about, you know, he saw something on social media by a new Christian and they quoted a scripture and the scripture was completely out of context. We have a choice then to go, just to hammer that person. But the heart behind it was pure. They just don't have the maturity yet. We have to be great at giving people grace. We have to be great at giving our preachers grace. You know there's going to be some things you hear from the pulpit that are going to be, uh, I don't know if that's 100%, the wording is correct. But if you can be mature enough to hear the spirit, if you can be mature enough to hear the heart, and by the way, I learned this years ago. I've had people preach and I'm like, I don't even know if I agree with that statement, but the spirit they said, the spirit they spoke from, the heart that was behind it, I caught a hold of. I was so proud of what I'm up today speaking. Encourage him afterwards because he would have been nervous probably. He doesn't speak very often in church. Was that one of the first times? One of the first times apart from maybe his internship. He's up here opening his heart and encouraging us. Are we sitting there going, oh, is everything he's saying? Mm, Was that the right scripture? Oh, was that? Ooh. Where's the exit? There's a... Okay, I'm just going to start to go towards the exit because what you... Okay, let's use the example. Who were perfect with their words, but their hearts were rotten? The Pharisees. Who were imperfect with their words, but their hearts moved Jesus? Everybody else who was messy, but God still met them with grace, still healed the sick. You know, to the point where, and I'm not not endorsing dishonesty, but the lady at the well lies to him, and instead of hammering her, what does he say? He goes, grace, mercy. It's true, you don't have one wife, uh, sorry, one husband, you have a bunch of husbands. There you go. She goes, oh. And instead of falling on her like a ton of bricks, he shows her grace because her heart in the midst of that was crying out. Now, please understand, don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying that we have to be loose with our words. We have to do our best with our words. We have to make sure that we are always trying to articulate the best of our ability. But sometimes in church culture, we're going to find that we actually use the wrong word. Some weeks you'll be here, you'll hear a preacher preach and they'll say something that you don't like. You know what babies do? They leave. Like, honestly, babies leave. Let me use another example. This is, this is going to change our church culture. When you get married, again, and I'm learning this, we're coming up to fifth, five years. When, we, when, you get, when you get married, my wife has to learn that sometimes the word that I use isn't the right word, but my heart might be good. <laughs> because sometimes my words get tied up or I think I'm smart, and all the husbands here are probably saying amen because they probably know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You see, Charlotte can either be so caught up in the word, so caught up in the sentence, that she then goes, that's it, I'm leaving. This is ridiculous. I'm go- you hurt me. I can't believe it. And she walks out. Or she goes, oh, I know Benai well enough to know his heart. <laughs> and you know what? What he said then was wrong. And guess what? I might have to come back and apologize. But if my heart was in the right place, then she has grace. You learn that in marriage. Unless you want to have a turmoil-filled home caught on every single word, I tell you, you have a grace-filled home. Well, let's create a grace-filled home here. Let's give people a lot of grace. Don't be so self-righteous that when someone says something, I'm leaving the church, you are a baby, someone needs to change your nappy for you. Honestly, that's how I view them. I think your, your nappy is stinky. You can go. Now, that sounds crude. Listen, listen. That sounds crude, but we're talking about, spiritually, you have babies, you have those who drink milk, and you have those who eat solids. And I am sick and tired of people leaving churches all through our city because the preacher will have a bad Sunday or they miss the heart of what he tried to say and they went, I'm going, and they've already left the last three churches anyway, so they're just going back to the church they just left anyway. Go cause an issue there. And I just think we've got to be bigger. 
Listen, we've got to be bigger. This, if that, if that, by the way, if that's hitting your heart, hey, let the Holy Spirit hit your heart because we've got to be bigger. We've got to be grace-filled. We've got to be kinder. Listen, in our church with each other, be kinder. Be more gracious. When someone says something, we're getting more and more new Christians in our church. When they say something, hey, bring some correction, but be kind about it. This is a game changer because some people are like Ellie in the spirit. They're young and they don't have it all together, but they have a good heart. This is what relationship is. So the game changer is this. Let's be great at hearing what's spoken in the heart, not just in the words. And I can't keep going on about it, but let me say one more thing. Jesus, let's come back to our model. How many times did Jesus say things with the words that the people got so upset about that actually was a game over for them? Jesus says to the Jewish people, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Whoa. If you know Jewish culture, that is a very, very big no-no. You have just offended a whole people group. If you don't know what I'm talking about, come and chat to someone afterwards. They can let you know. But Jesus doesn't even go and explain it. And then the disciples say, this teaching is very hard. <laughs> and Jesus responds with, are you going to leave too? Oh, let's not be so precious, church. Again, if Jesus was here preaching, would we be still here in three weeks? When he says something that we don't like? Oh, stop being so precious. How are you hearing Pastor Benaiah speak right now? Out of my heart, very genuinely. Let's be great at hearing the heart, not just the words. That is a game changer, and it's a grace-filled community with great relationship. Healthy relationship starts with healthy foundations. Just like with a building, if the foundation is strong, the building is strong. When we have healthy foundations in our lives, we are empowered to build healthy relationships with each other. You cannot build a healthy relationship with somebody else and again, relationship applies to friendships, it applies to marriage, it applies to God, it applies to yourself. You cannot build healthy relationships unless you have a good foundation. Two half hearts, unlike the picture, don't make a full heart. Two full hearts make a full heart. Two people who think my worries will be over when I get married soon find that their worries are exemplified, amplified, exemplified is the wrong word, amplified, are made bigger because the issue they had when they were single is now multiplied because it actually includes somebody else. We have to work hard at ourselves, work hard at our foundation, coming back to the model of how did Jesus do it, coming back to the second model of saying, how is my relationship with him? Because everything else flows out of my relationship with him. This morning, church, you are walking, talking mirrors. But you're one of those mirrors that reflects God into people's lives. What are you reflecting today? It's determined by who you spend your time with, hopefully Jesus. Tim Keller said this. He said, men, you'll never be a good groom to your wife unless you first become a good bride to Jesus. Man, you'll never be a good bride, a groom to your wife unless you first become a good bride to Jesus. And that sounds a bit silly if you don't know what I'm talking about. Basically, we're the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. The third and final thought is this this morning. Healthy relationships with each other are powerful and are rare testimonies to the world. You know that you just having and maintaining and growing healthy relationships is so incredibly rare in today's society that that in itself becomes a beacon to the world. John 13, 34 says this, and I've already read this one, but let me read it again. A new command I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By all this, people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. How are people going to know that you are his disciples? Well, by how you do relationship. How you do marriage. How you do dating. How you do friendship. 
How do you respond to authority? How do you respond to yourself? All these things matter because by this, by how you love one another, will determine how people will know that you are his disciple. Can I hear an amen? Therefore, our foundation for this series is this, that we would know him and that we would love one another and by doing so, we would be a testimony to the world. And that's the third plan, a testimony of godly relationship. The world longs for functional relationship. This is our mission. The world longs for good mums and dads, for good husbands and wives who live grace-filled lives, for people who know how to cover each other in relationship and stop gossiping. Stop speaking about the person that done this and done that. And I've already spoke to some of our, our newer Christians and I've encouraged them, don't bring the world culture where it's like you're gossiping. No, no, cover. If someone makes a mistake, cover them. Not just with your words. I, I read a quote this morning, it was so powerful. It talked about how it's one thing to love people with your words. It's another thing to love them with your thought. Because when you think and take time to think well of people, that is rare. Because when you speak, you can say it and forget it. When you sit there and think, you know what, I'm so thankful for, I'm so thankful for Troy. He's such a blessing. I'm so thankful for Wayne and Mary Arthur. What a blessing they are. There's power in that thought. And I encourage us to be people who are great at thinking great things about people. We must be quick to love and foreign to hate, in a hurry to forgive and never to hold. We must, be, we must make it a joy to cover and never to shame. Quick to love, foreign to hate, in a hurry to forgive and never to hold on to. Make it a joy to cover people and never to shame them. Our relationship standard with others should be this, on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> How cool is that? How would I speak to this person if we we're in heaven? How would I speak to this person if I saw them down the street, the main street in heaven? I don't know if there's a main street or not, but what would my heart be towards them? How would I think about myself in heaven? <laughs> On earth as it is in heaven. Billy Graham said this, God is more interested in your future and your relationships than you are. God is more interested in your future and your relationships than you are. Relationships are a big deal to God. You living in healthy relationships is a big deal to God. I've been throughout my life in healthy relationships and bad relationships. I know what it's like to be around toxic people and be around people who help me be better. And I tell you, what I've learned is this. I've got to sow in. I've got to water. I've got to take the time. I've got to have the right boundaries. I've got to guard my heart. I've got to do what I can to cultivate healthy relationships with myself, with my God, with my wife, with my family, with my friends, with my church community, with people who I don't yet know, but I meet, I need to cultivate and do my best to sow in godly seed. The last example is this. Recently, we, we, we bought our house a few years ago, a couple of years ago, actually. And, uh, and the lady before us, um, she was an elderly lady, and she just had immaculate gardens. I mean, she was out in the garden every single day. And we took the house on, and we we're like, awesome, we're going to take it on, and we're going to make the gardens great too. Two and a half years later, ooh, our gardens are definitely a bit of a mess. Definitely a lot of grass growing through our garden, definitely a bit of pruning that had to take place. 
And just recently, Charlie and I are like, you know what, we need to start to cultivate our gardens again. We need to start just, and not because anyone's telling us to, but because it actually, gardening's cool. <laughs> That's our, our thought anyway. Like, it's cool to grow something. And so we chatted to different people in church, chatted to Miriam, got some advice from her, chatted to Mary, Alan, different gardeners in the church. And we're like, hey, some, sometimes people give us plants to put in their gardens and that type of thing. But we had to uproot a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't meant to be in that garden, including Sally's bones. She's our dog. She buries bones in our garden, including an ant's nest where there was thousands of ants, which since you start digging, start to just go crazy, including caterpillars that eat all of our freshly planted veggies. We have to every day and every few days go out and tend to that garden. And I feel like this morning, just as we launch into this relationship series, that we just probably need to start with just a fresh approach to how is the garden of our relationships going? Is there some grass growing in your marriage right now or in your single life or in your friendships or in your church community? Are there things that are weeds but they look good for a bit then they actually become toxic? Are there offenses there? Is there soil? Is there ant's nest under the surface that's just doing damage? What's going on? Are the hidden green caterpillars eating your broccolini that you need to get off, destroy, spray, whatever you've got to do? Because if you start with clearing out the garden, then it causes you to be able to sow and cultivate afresh. And again, like if you've been married for many years, I encourage you to do it afresh. This next eight weeks, see it as a rejuvenation. See it as how can we just rejuvenate, spring clean our relationship. If you're single here and you're lonely, lonely, how can you cultivate your walk with God in a fresh way that you don't need to get married to be fulfilled, but if it happens in God's timing, but if not yet, it's all good. And if we start to approach God keeping him as our standard and him as our example and his kindness and his example for us, it's going to cause us as a church community to rise up. How we treat each other, how we treat new people, all those things become so much healthier because we've started to really cultivate the garden of our relationships. Why don't you stand to your feet? I'm going to ask Charlotte to come up for a second. Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment? Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. You're a good Father. You are a good Father to us. If you're in this place today and you know in your heart that either you don't have God in the garden of your heart or maybe he was there but he's not the centre of the garden of your heart, in this moment, I want to give you an opportunity while everyone has their eyes closed to respond to that and to make Jesus the centre because he is the tree of life. He is the one who's the source for everything we do. Right now in this place, if you know that you have to get your heart right with God, I just want you to put your hand up where you are. Awesome, I see that hand. Awesome, I see that hand. Anybody else in this place? You just want to say, yep, I just need to come back to that in Jesus' name. There is a grace here this morning. There is mercy here this morning. Anybody else in this place? Making sure he is the center. Because when he is the center, everything else lines up. Let's pray this prayer of commitment together. And let's support these people who have responded in their hearts. Father God, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. And I ask this morning for forgiveness of my sin. And Jesus, I declare that I believe in you, that you are my Lord and Savior. Be the center of the garden of my heart. And Holy Spirit, overwhelm me and be relentless with me 
every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you take the hand of the person, if you're married next to you, or put the hand on the shoulder of someone next to you. We're going to pray God's blessing over you. If you respond to them by putting your hand up, there is a hello desk down the back. We'd love to give you a gift and help you in your walk with God, help you walk in your relationship. As what I said so, so, so beautifully, we don't walk alone. Right now, you are a scrum, and we send you out in the blessing and the mercy and the power of God to build kingdom relationships. I'm going to ask my beautiful wife just to lead us. Father God, we thank you so much for this season that we're coming into as a church family. And Holy Spirit, I just pray um, for open hearts, for open spirits, God, as we talk about relationships. God, that we would be so attentive to what you want to do in us in this season. I pray that we open up ourselves to the process, God, and even through our weeks as we send our incredible church family out today, God, into their week, back into their families, back into their workplaces, back into their relationships, God, outside of this place. God, that you would be moving, that you would be working. Holy Spirit, we ask for revival in our relationships this week, God. We ask for your breath of life and rivers of life to flow. Holy Spirit, where there's dead things, where there's things that have died that we haven't watered, bring them back to life this week. But Holy Spirit, we just ask for that, God, just fresh revival in our relationships, but specifically for this week, God, that you just come and start to move, come and blow us away with what you want to do in our relationships, God. We submit ourselves to this series and this process in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. If you do want prayer, church, we'll leave the um, the front open if you want to come down and have someone stand with you and pray for you. Um, otherwise, we love you. Have an incredible week. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.